Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast, where we try to give our thoughts on all things horror. Try. I'm one of your hosts, Rip, and as always, I'm joined by Jumby. the illustrious. I'm always alert and ready to go. What are we covering today? It's a good question, Jumpy. The Fall of the House of Usher, Episode 5, The Telltale Heart. I knew that before you said it. Did. For all you know. I believe you. Yes, that's right. The fifth installment of The Fall of the House of Usher. And boy, was this one. This one good. This was a good one. Each of these episodes we learn is a different Edgar Allan Poe story. That they've kind of smushed into one big story <laughs> anthology series. And it's it's embarrassing that we didn't notice. But this is one of his most popular stories. We noticed that there was an Edgar yes. Allan Poe theme. And that The Fall of the House of Usher was one of his stories. But I didn't realize like there was a story based off the cat and everything. That killed Leo and all <laughs> that. I didn't know. Yeah. What story well, is the are... monkey one based off of? I don't know. Yeah, I know it's Chimp. <laughs> Shut up. Victorine. <laughs> well, we uh were we start this episode with like the fallout from Leo's death. Who? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Napoleon. <laughs> um and we finally get the first funeral. That, that seems so it's harsh a three first, to say. <laughs> but um now we're not here for the talk about that. We're here for the big who died in this episode. And I guess we can finally confirm that this is going in from the youngest to oldest. Yeah. Unless they throw us the curveball. I don't think we have to <laughs> even predict. It's just in order. And we got two deaths this episode. Mm. I mean, nobody, nobody really beats Perry on taking everybody with you, but... <laughs> we got Victorine's death this episode and Victorine's partner yeah. whose name is like Ali yeah you're right Ali I remember because the subtitles said A-L and that was it like Al and I was like A-I is it oh no never mind <laughs> oh man and Jubby Jubby predicted this everybody Jubby was saw the seed where it was like setting up Victorine's murder, where she killed her life partner, and uh, and they cut to black before we see anything. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not gonna be that simple. And then Joby was like, no, they wouldn't just cut to black like that. Mike Flanagan never does that. And I'm like, yeah, but it makes sense. It's a fit of rage. He just throws it. It goes to black, normal. But Joby recognized. Tail to heart. We know what happened. I didn't until well, till the end. If you haven't read the Telltale Heart, some loser, because the perspective <laughs> of all of Edgar Allan Poe's like villains or main characters are always just big losers who you can't relate with. And if you can get help. <laughs> um and he's just like, Oh my god, I killed somebody. I feel so bad about it. I'm so conflicted, but I'm also super happy about it. They're super whiny about the murders that's why his stories always bug me 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was a that was one where the guy got murdered for some stupid petty reason, and then you can always hear the beating heart. That's why it's a telltale heart. Um, and the guy goes crazy, and it's supposed to be like this this metaphor for for guilt. Yes. And this is a very clever play on that. Yes, because it wasn't just a normal beating heart. No, it was the the beating heart of the mechanical mesh. device mesh that uh, Victorine was trying to create that um, Roderick desperately needs because his mind is going south. So like you said that just I can't stop thinking about. So like. If I say the words Victorine's murder, like, is that Victorine murdering someone or is that Victorine <laughs> who was murdered? Like the murder scene. How do you decipher I, that? If somebody just asked you like, oh, like Billy's murder, like what, what would you think first? Uh, it has to be like tone, how they said it. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting like the different dialects of Mandarin where the difference is just the <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Billy's murder or Billy's murder Billy's. like sad like oh <laughs> that's how they died like, like Billy definitely died in that scenario or Billy's murder oh disgusting then, <laughs> then it's the exactly. audacity of it he killed him the audacity oh man but I think the key takeaway of this is not just a victory in you know like how she died, number one, and how she just lost her sanity and through all of this. She did uh she did kill her partner by throwing was uh, was it an accident? By she threw the, the yes. sculpture, whatever the hell it was. It looked like a thing to hold books together. So she was trying did my and my personal like way I saw everything it looked like she was trying to time it so that as soon as um, Ali closes the door, the thing hits the wall. And I guess Ali just like took a step too long. You heard it here first it just from fucking... Rip's mouth. It's Ali's fault. Yes. <laughs> chop, chop. Drag your feet. <laughs> Walk with some life out that door. No, nah, I think she was trying to hit the wall and then she just hit Ali by mistake. Mm. I mean, allegedly. I mean, what aim? Like, the aim and the strength <laughs> to perfectly just kill him right off the bat, one throw. That's what I'm saying. Like, that she was trying to hit the wall. Like, she was <clears> just trying to be in a fit of rage. That's why, in an argument, you never get angry and pick something and throw it. Just, just don't. don't do anything. Because something like this might happen. Use your words, people. Yes. Yes. Better yet, internalize all your feelings and keep it there. Bottle that shit. Keep it up. that way until you're old and you can't do anything Just bad. Then old, let it out. You'll get an aneurysm <laughs> before that. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them that. The plan won't work. <laughs> the most um, elaborate murder ever. <laughs> bad advice. <laughs> Passive aggressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Victorine. Yeah, she just spiraled. She saw the the love of her life, I guess, die in front of her, and it was a slow death. 
she just and the reason that this whole murder slash accidental murder happened was because of her pride she's forcing mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. mesh surgery to go through even though the mm-hmm. person who i think invented it and is going to be responsible for doing the surgery is telling her that it's not ready yet it is not ready for human trials she's ignoring that because she does not want to disappoint her father she has too much pride for that and she wants mm-hmm. to invent something worthwhile that's going to make her famous mm-hmm. i think that's been established in it so she is definitely representing the pride seventh circle thing here mm-hmm. or nine deadly sins or whatever it is seven seven deadly seven. Lucky, nine circles lucky, of hell i remember yeah. so like uh it, her pride broke her because it put her pushed her to this point mm-hmm. she had a candidate that was already to the point where she forged ali's signature ali didn't like that to the where like ali's like it's over i'm done i don't care if i get sued fucking sue me i don't care i don't care and um you know victorine had that like different layers of of uh lashing out begging bargaining hey come on please you know fuck you i hate you anger blah 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 come on please do it do it she just kept switching back and forth but ultimately it led to the death of ali mm. incidental or not but uh it broke her to the point where she's like let me use let me open up her chest because she knows how to do that does she, is she I, a doctor i I guess she I is. Mean, she's always with her. Yeah. <laughs> I just um, remember a line somewhere where, like, this whole mesh idea was Allie's idea. Hmm. But I can't remember. Uh, I mean, Victorine really does throw it out there that, like, like, hey, like, don't act like you're not with me, like, because I have no perks. You obviously know that I I come with money, a lot of money, almost infinite, and I can fund whatever you need. I thought and then I thought the subplot of Nightshade was gonna come into hand like uh come into play a lot more mm-hmm. in this episode. Cause remember they had like the experimental, you know, drug that they used to numb them and it was like I don't remember what it was called. I think it was Nightshade. But it was like this this random know. drug that the dad had to help her acquire. Hmm. And I thought that was going to be her downfall. Well, it's a lot worse than that. No, yeah, it is. I but... just like I just remembered that tidbit. I was like, well, I, I guess I didn't go anywhere. Or maybe that's and what they're going to say drove her crazy because there there's always a real world explanation. That's true. Because she broke, and then what's even worse is that. Roderick went to her to try to get an update on the heart mesh because he needs it, as we learned, to help his dementia. And he learns that um, Victorine killed her partner, opened up her chest, and put the mesh in there. And then when Roderick was trying to leave, she put the knife on him. And she thought, well, if you need a live demonstration, we'll just put it in my heart. And then she stabbed herself. 
and she died and Roderick witnessed the whole thing and you could now it's very fucking haunting because he broke it was interesting to see him break because we never we've rarely seen him that vulnerable even when he's attending yeah. the funerals he's still like giving off an Stone air face. of like composure yeah this this he fucking broke he didn't know what to do and yeah he I it became clear once he saw Ali's dead body that he was that the amount of pressure he's been putting on his kids and he's and with the informant and everything he's like yeah I fucked up I shouldn't have done that and but it was too late Victorine's broken and she killed herself in front of him trying to show him that her <laughs> her uh, her device works I you know what I mean can't wait to see what the Pim Reaper does to get her out of this. I mean, to get him out of this. Yeah. 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 Oh, something else interesting. Now that we're talking about the patriarch himself, <laughs> um, he was going through all these different emotions um, on his own, like old man version that was about to visit Victorine, mm-hmm. where it was like he was contemplating killing himself in all these different ways. Where he'd like skewer himself with a sword or jump out the window and just fall to his death in 10 seconds. And it's weird why he was even contemplating that. Because it didn't seem like, oh, he's depressed about the kids and he's going to commit suicide. They set it up in a weird way where it's like, oh, like this is all he has to do is save his kids. Because he says that. He's like, if I do that, you know, 10 seconds, I jump out the window and I save them all. It's like, mm-hmm. There's some part of that deal he made with the Grim Reaper, Lady Daredevil, Death. Lady Death. Daredevil. Mm-hmm. She's not there. Can you imagine? <laughs> the Lady Death character <laughs> that I think like the stipulation is like if you die at a certain point, all your kids live. But he's too scared uh, to die. So, something is up with that deal because they mm-hmm. talk about it. Um she is she has been photographed and she has been shown to to Roderick and Madeline and it's almost like a taunt because she's staring directly at whatever camera's pointed at her. Mm. Uh, Madeline is like, No, I know I remember her. That was nineteen eighty and then Roderick's like, We don't fucking talk about nineteen eighty. New Year's nineteen eighty. Madeline's like yeah, Madeline's like, oh, how convenient. And he's like, it's your fucking rule. You said we don't talk about that night. And then she's like, no, let's talk about it. And it's He gets pissed because she doesn't excuse Pim. Right. And he's like, Pim doesn't even that's know. That's some shit. And not only that, Augie doesn't know either. Mm. Augie doesn't know. Pim doesn't know. It's just something that the two of them are taking to their grave. But now, it obviously more people are going to the grave so madeline needs to hit this head on what's going on i'm waiting for madeline to be like to do something crazy with her genius Hmm. i know we're gonna see something in the past where she's like the spearhead of this company but she's Hmm. supposed to be like a mensa level genius i want to see her do some crazy sherlock holmes planning scene montage Hmm. it's weird to me because um, Madeline. She we saw that she did make that wish 
that she wants to be immortal, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Roderick made the wish that he wants to change the world. Um, Lady Death kisses Madeline in New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. You know, because when the ball drops, he kissed the first person. Whatever. Um, now, uh, Madeline accuses Roderick. It's like, oh, I remember this bartender. The bar doesn't even exist. Is this another one of, of uh, one of your bastards trying trying to get the fortune, or did you did you fuck her? Because you just stick your dick in anything. And Roderick was like, produce a clone. We learn <laughs> Roderick by himself was like, oh, um, I. He didn't say no. No, no, he did. When he's by himself, he's like, I didn't fuck her. I didn't touch her. No more than Madeline did. And we saw that Madeline just... Madeline got real close. Kiss. <laughs> but that... So, something, something's happening. Something's there. We need to see... I mean, they're going to reveal it. It's going to be one of the last episodes. The, that whole night hmm. in 1980. Yeah. We're going to see the entire thing play out. It's going to answer all the questions we have. <laughs> so, um, and that night is going to be so important. Something else I want to discuss is it is it agreed between us that on 1980 New Year's they killed this guy, the tycoon guy, who he's working for, the boss. You you ready for my theory, John? Yeah, you ready for my theory? Gus. Um, <laughs> I think. And I don't, I don't think Mike Flanagan would do this, but this is the journey we're taking on, and I people, I feel like people are gonna laugh at me, but I will. We always paint Annabelle as this, like, the loving mother would do anything for her children, would would stand by her man through thick and thin, but she won't put up with if he falls from grace, right? Like she's the moral compass. What if? We find out that she has an affair with the guy from Fortunato, and they kill both of them. Let me tell you how much I'd hate that. I would hate it too. But no, it's just like Annab- it'd be a total one eighty for that character. It'd just come out of nowhere. Yeah, but the way it'd be like if Perry's like, speaking- "I'm gonna be a priest." Like it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like the way I don't know the way the guy what's his name again I keep forgetting like I want to say Gus but like I, maybe I'm just thinking of Gustavo Fring. <laughs> um, I don't know, but the Griswold, Griswold Close. is um... <laughs> that guy. Yeah, Griswold, Griswold his family vacation. The way he talked to Madeline when Madeline tried to like get him to make a database and he's like i rather have things filed away i don't need computers to have all my information because it's easy it's easy to to, to get hold like he calls her on her shit he's like oh, okay well, she i know what you're planning into <laughs> revealing that he has some shit to hide in the files downstairs yeah that's true yeah and that's what fucking uh roger was like okay now we know where it is but he was just like, um, it's like, 
with me or against me bullshit um Roderick's in the boys club if you uh as long as you don't do anything to fuck with me you'll be good but if you fuck me you'll rise up in the company and Annabelle's painted as somebody who just despises all of that but like what if you know what I mean like I, I wouldn't like <laughs> it I think it would it wouldn't flow narratively. It would be kind of like, I want to say cheap, because it's like she just does something out of nowhere for shock value. I need to see a little bit yeah. more setup, or like if they showed it, I need to see the steps that led her there. It would be weird if it's just one day to the next. She hmm. shacks up with the Griswold. Maybe Griswold just turns on the charm. And it's like, That'd hey, be so weird. <laughs> she's painted as yeah, like the she's perfect this... person. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's the part that's bothering me is that she's painted so perfect. But Mike Flanagan usually keeps those characters that way, mm. so could be wrong. I hope you're wrong. Probably wrong. That'd be so bad. <laughs> but she's not around. I don't know if we're gonna. They're good waiting to throw that in her face for the last funeral. Mm. But we didn't even see her at the last funeral. Because we, that was the first episode. Annabelle. I think she's dead. Yeah. She can't be at the funeral. She's dead. (laughs) Um, I feel like they mentioned she's dead. I don't remember how she died. I don't remember either. I mean, Augie calls her the legendary Annabelle. And he's he's like, what happened in 1980? From my understanding, you were in love with this woman. You'd do anything for her. And then I see, I hear you're kissing somebody at midnight to make an alibi. Mm. Something's not adding up in that one. And he's like, oh, we'll get to that. I think what happened to Annabelle is more just like, <clears throat> well, she'd, she'd be in her kids' lives if she could. So either she died or mm. she was forced legally to be away from them, probably mm. by Pim. And I think she officially separates from him when she realizes all the shady stuff he does on his sister's orders. Do, do you think, um, like, am I wrong in this, but Victorine said that Frederick and uh, Tamerlan were both like, oh, you guys had each other, were with each other uh, all the time. You guys grew up together. Same mother. And they both had the same. Yeah. And then when they're like, oh, you guys always had each other. You know, we're always with you. You always lived with each other. And then they're like, no, that's not true. They said that, right? Like, I'm not making that up. Something like that. Yeah. Like, they were like, no, we weren't always together. I think maybe they were implying that, like, they weren't always like a little duo. But I feel like they were. I feel like a duo. But bringing up what Victorine said, um, I forgot to mention that, like, in the scene where she's stabbing herself, she Mm -hmm. says, You should have jumped. Acknowledging that scene with him. So, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's some pretty, some pretty out there stuff. Like, we didn't see something like that, like a possession almost with the other Mm -hmm. deaths, but maybe it was just because he was present for that one. What if, what if the key, right, 
is that he has to ha- keep having children. <laughs> That's the only way to keep the Lady Death at bay. Just keep sacrificing different bastards? No, like, if Zog is there alive, um, everybody gets to live. As long as he keeps having heirs, everybody gets to live. But the moment that he stops having heirs, she starts picking him off from the youngest. That's why he got a young wife. Yeah. But, I don't know. You could just be a sperm donor forever. I mean... <laughs> I, mean, I guess there, there, that was probably like a tight loophole or <laughs> no sperm or donor. <laughs> uh, maybe, and then and it's like they could all live, but you have to die. I think it's that. That's the one I'm going with, based off the crap he said in this episode. I think he was supposed <laughs> to die at a certain point, and he was too cowardly to do it. I mean, he seems to really fear death because he's pressuring Victorine into making this heart mesh to begin with for himself. Like, And he saw but a very traumatic lady, death with his mom. He probably does not want to go out the same way. But like this, this woman, Lady Death, this, is, this feels like the first time she's made her presence known to him he looked at her and he's like nah i'm not that can't be her so this feels like the first time they've seen each other since 1980 did he even see her he saw victorine no nah, like um lady death like in the photos he saw the photos oh him seeing her for the like, first oh. time yeah yeah so i don't know there's a lot of things that can happen but augie revealed to us one mystery, so we got to that answer, that there was no informant. According to Augie, yeah, I, I believe him. You're right. Yeah, there was no informant. Yeah, and then uh, Roderick was about to just dig into, like, dig into him, make him feel bad, like, oh, you caused my family's death. But then he hallucinated Victorine in front of him, mm-hmm. screaming at him. And he realized that he shouldn't play that fucking game. And he, he's like, let me absolve you from that. You did not do anything wrong. And then Augie guilt, can't, like, he was trying to, he was making sure Augie didn't feel guilty over that thing. Even though he was about to make him feel like shit. Mm, old habits. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was like, man, that would have been fun between the two of us. Just like. I would have loved to see how we played that off, played that out. <laughs> I mean, it's not Augie's fault, but the chain of events right. did start with the whole informant thing. Yeah. But I feel like it never would have escalated without Lady Death pulling the strings. So. <laughs> now, did she pull the strings on that one? On the victory in one? Yeah, yeah right. because she yeah. pretended or became the perfect patient. Perfect test yeah, zero. She started like victory picked up, um, kept hearing the the mesh 
working over and over. Mm-hmm. And Lady Death, as that woman that needed the heart um, surgery, was uh, every now and then she'd pick at Victorine's psyche. And when Victorine would catch it, she would switch back to her normal persona. But she kept digging and digging at her her psyche, just saying this like, like, oh, you fucked up and you know what you did. And you didn't have to deal with that. You could have been somebody good, but you chose not to. Yeah. I was thinking of something else now entirely. What? Uh, Tammy. Ooh. This episode had a lot of Tammy in it. Um, given that it was all about Victorine. <laughs> First of all, Tammy like didn't react much to the funeral. Did not seem to give a shit. She doesn't seem to give a shit about anybody because she's in a fury. Because she is mm-hmm. furious with her partner slash husband. Because she mm-hmm. thinks he's cheating on her with this woman that she's seen in various videos. And she... Yeah loses her shit on him like completely mistrusts him because she thinks that he's doing it with other ladies without her permission and we learn that he doesn't even like doing the whole hooker thing that she does and watches him do it and i think she's envy (laughs) because she likes making herself feel envious and like gets off on that and then she's also envious of him and his lifestyle and like all the and like the woman who isn't probably real in all the videos and like to the point where she heard a giggling outside and when she went outside one of her security guards was there Mm -hmm. and you see lady death kind of scurry off but you could tell by the way the scene was played out that that guy was not talking to anybody and she was just like, who the fuck are you talking to? She's either the girl Envy or? or Wrath. I'm not sure which, but I'm I'm leaning toward Envy. I mean, then you'd have to make the case for... Because we said Camille was Wrath. Did... Yeah? And she could be Envy. Mm. No. I like Camille's Wrath, so I think she'd be Envy. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see what Froderick is. <laughs> Sloth, probably for sure. And that's the last one, though. Yeah, he has to be sloth. He probably is sloth. <laughs> but I mean, we'll we'll play around with it. We'll make it. We'll make a fit once we get all the information. But um, I did. It sucked that like Tammy pretty much told him that told her husband that she only married him because. That was part of her business venture. She was trying to hurt him because she felt, you know, wronged or whatever. But Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much of that is true and how much of that is her just spitting venom at him. And lack of sleep, too. Yeah. I feel like she's losing her mind in the same way her father is. Yeah, but like literally from lack of sleep. Mm. She's obsessing over this woman that she keeps seeing in the video that's not there. And she's not listening to her husband who's telling her that I I love you mm. <laughs> and only you and I wouldn't do that. 
I don't even like all these arrangements we have for each other. But yeah. <laughs> and he walked out. He's like, look, if this is what you want, I'll, I'm done. And we don't even see him at the funeral, too. So I guess he's gone. He says, if I walk out that door, I ain't coming back. And she doesn't stop. She thinks about it, though. She hesitates after she tells him to go. She's like, <gasps> and then just lets it happen. Um, How do you think she's going to die in the next episode? <sighs> that, that one's hard. I that can't remember what she looked like at the funeral. So I don't know. Maybe she's on the peloton. Right? And that then, scene. Or, or on the, the jogging thing and treadmill. And then she sees... Like uh, something stupid happened with her, her husband and this woman, Lady Death, and then she just goes crazy, and the thing goes faster and faster and faster, and then I don't know, it just explodes. <laughs> I don't know. She falls on it. I don't know. <laughs> or that would be a really <laughs> weird death. Just something. I mean, if we knew all of Edgar Allan Poe's stories, I feel like we could figure that out. Yeah, but I don't know all of them. I've read a few of them, but it, it's always that whiny murderer that gets me annoyed. <laughs> I had an I have an idea for Froderick though. Sloth. Yeah. And dies of. But I. Oversleeping. Not doing anything. <laughs> um, I think he's gonna see Lady Dust's face where his wife's face is. And she starts talking to him. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know how that will lead to his death, but I think that's. I think happen. if we we go with him being sloth, he will die due to indecision. Like he he won't act without being told what to do, in a situation where nobody can tell him what to do, so he just gets killed. Like he dies because of his indecision. That's a that's a good one. Um. I do think he's gonna find um, find the f- access to the phone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that storyline. I also think that his daughter is gonna be revealed to be a Madeline type character, mastermind genius kind of character. Hmm. I. Don't know yeah. how they're gonna treat Victorine's death. If it's like everyone else's, they'll have a scene of them in the boardroom, not giving a shit, and then move on. <laughs> I think Tam's gonna be like out of her mind because she still can't sleep, and Roderick's is gonna have his wife on his mind. Mm-hmm. And then Madeline's like, "Are you guys fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> focus. Something's up. But I don't know. I thought Lenore would be the informant, like some grand scheme." But if she's not the informant, I don't know what's uh what's going on. I'm also waiting for Juno to shine. You know, like I don't think they'd write her in this without giving her a big moment. Yeah, she was at the funeral, so we know she lives up until that point. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, we gotta get to 1980. We gotta see what's going on there. We don't know. Something big happened. What happened to Annabelle? We saw the parents of Perry, Camille, and Leo at the funeral. Yeah. And too. they were pissed off. <laughs> well, they were probably like exiled legally away from all the money and fame and all that. Mm-hmm. Tucked away somewhere. The kids probably o- were only able to join the family with a stipulation of like, you can't talk to your mamas. Or at least like mm-hmm. not publicly or in any great manner of time can you spend with your moms. And they can't. Which I wouldn't be surprised with this family. And none of the money goes to their their, their mothers. Mm-hmm. Surprised they were invited to the funeral. Yeah, for real. Oh, we saw the Joker too. What the that. hell is that Joking. about the ghastly grinner? What is he doing here? Get out of my yeah. dreams. Man, I want to dig in. I want to dig into these Edgar Allan Poe stories and start like trying there to find, figure out. There is one with the ghastly grinner in it. I feel it in my <laughs> bones. But like, I don't want to spoil it now. I'm too deep. I'm in too deep too. We have three more episodes. I knew. I knew that. Three more episodes. I knew the Telltale Heart, and look how easy I was able to guess that episode. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. I mean, is there anything else? No, I mean that, that's the key points I want to do talk about the i mean there's little flashback stuff i did love the intensity of the scenes with victorine as she goes dozed up further into madness um especially since i didn't see it coming Mm. i was like oh shit that was a surprise to me um yeah i didn't see her going crazy as an option that was interesting uh and like just the lead up to that reveal that she actually did kill Allie and um It was it was well done. That was a really well done episode. And I think it's like a it must have been like a dream come true for that actor, for the actress, like mm. to portray a tell so heart in a really interesting, fresh, memorable manner. Not a lot of actors get mm. to do that, and I'm sure a lot of actors are really interested in Poe's work. So Yeah. I'm just happy for her. Um, I'm glad she got <laughs> a really cool episode, given how much I loved yeah. her in Blind Manor and how she was done wrong. Not yeah. like literally, she, they wrote it really well. I was just like, I missed her. And I'm happy something nice happened <laughs> for her. This cool role. Have we seen that the that dude from Haunting of Hill House, the, the older, the, the male twin? Have we seen him in anything other than Bly? The male twin? Oh. Yeah, Haunting of Hill House, the twin. Yeah, 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 one. yeah. And he was in Bly, though. He was in Bly Manor. That'd be cool. Was he in Club? Midnight Club? Midnight Mass. Oh, Midnight Club? No, I don't Midnight think Club. he was. Yeah, he hasn't been around in a while. Movie. That'd be nice if he showed up for this for whatever reason. Yeah, I like the reoccurring <laughs> cast members. I want to see him again. Uh, but yeah. So we don't have to predict Tamberlin's next. We don't know what's going on with 1980. We don't know what leads up to it. We know Augie and 
uh, Roderick work together in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that leads to, how that dissolves and how whatever gets dissolved, how Augie doesn't catch wind of it. Hmm. Yeah. Many answers to come. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I like this. I like the pace we're going at. You know what I mean? I think this is like the first time where we were both like, it's hard not to hit the next episode button. Yeah. But I'm glad that I'm taking my time with it to think about it. It's funnier that way. I don't want everything all at once. (laughs) Maybe I'm getting old, but I can't handle myself too many answers all at once. Midnight Club was hard too. Midnight Club is annoying because there's no more. But I I feel <laughs> happy that I know the ending and it's fine. Yeah. I really unlike need Archive eighty one. Archive eighty one. <laughs> someone yeah. who worked on that show needs to just tell me what the hell was going on. Please. And uh, I know Jubby is craving the animated series for Midnight Club season two. And Give me it. Archive eighty one season. I'll two. take an audio play. Honestly. Yeah. I'm into those. I don't know why that reminded me of like Deadpool. Deadpool? Yeah, I have no idea why that came. <laughs> There's a reference. But yeah. Hmm? Did, uh, <laughs> did we miss anything? I think we're good. I think we, we got everything. We got everything. Madeline's. Yeah, we talked about Madeline. Tamerlan's definitely dying in the next one. Yeah, so that, that I, I know I said it already, but Madeline not knowing anything about the bartender is throwing me off. I thought they both were there to make the deal, but I guess only Roderick made the deal. And I feel like he knows what deal he made. He knows. He knows. And what the hell is Madeline doing in the basement? Being dead? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. She's gonna upload her brain to an AI. She does want to be immortal. Maybe see that like that. Uh, her immortality is gonna be the big twist of this. Like whatever she tries to do to get immortality, that's gonna be the what the fuck kind of twist. What if Roderick kills her, buried her in the backyard, and at the end we see her get up like her mother? And kill Roderick. I mean, that would be interesting. Because that, that's never explained either. They buried her in the backyard of their mother. And she just... And she was and dead. And she came back, back and killed... And she killed her, her husband. And we get more of that with Griswold. Griswold says that... Uh, there, he didn't leave anything to the well, his his heirs but they are working in the, the same company. So something's about that. And he was talking shit about their mother to Madeline. So, yeah. And she took that. Madeline was just like, yeah, I'm going to get you dead, motherfucker. Hmm. All right. Well, with all that being said, any last words, Jumpy? Boom, boom. Bump up. Bump up. Bump up indeed. 
And with that, we conclude another episode of Fans from Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us how much we mean to you. Because you mean a lot to us. And if we were to put into words, you get our heart racing. My heartbeat, my heartbeat.